it's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and we have officially reached the end of the college football season for our purposes. There is an entire postseason. There is an entire college football playoff to play. We're going to talk about that today, but when you come out of this one, it's draft season, baby. Hello. Welcome. Yeah, it is. I mean, we got people declaring. We got, you know, decisions being made about players' futures. We got, I mean, people are committing to the Senior Bowl. Uh, we're going to see all of this coming in these next few weeks, and, and we're we're starting to get invigorated. We're getting right into the, the heart of what we came here for. My blood is pumping today, man. You get these big-name draft decision news blocks and it's like let's go um so let's talk about the week at camp week 14 championship conference championship weekend uh so a little bit of a condensed slate of games obviously a lot of the top teams involved here and therefore a lot of the top players or a handful of them at least um so let's let's just break it down. And I think we got some badges to hand out along the way because um, a lot of guys that, like I said, that are high on our boards, high, you know, big time on the radar guys, we expect to be first rounders. They're showing up this weekend. Uh, Let's start on Friday night. That's USC and Utah. So kind of a weird one, man. Like we were, we talked about it last week, like the fireworks of the first game where Dalton Kincaid had a 200-yard game and Caleb Williams is balling out and all of that. A uh, little bit of a different story this time. Yeah, it's the, the Utah defense did its job in this game, and that was holding Caleb Williams to only 363 yards and three touchdowns. Ended up getting a pick on him. But seriously, it, it looked like they bottled this USC team up a lot. They completely stifled the entire running game of uh, the Trojans. I mean, the uh, Austin Jones had 35 yards on 15 carries. Caleb Williams didn't do a whole lot on the ground either. I mean, it, it was a lot of improv. It was a lot of off-time throws, which we talk about Caleb Williams, and we're like, yeah, that's what he's good at. But at the same time, I mean – when it's every play, that that's when it starts to get a little bit ugly, and you see a game like this where it's twenty four to forty seven, and so yeah, the, the the huge defense really stepped up here. Listen, you know what Caleb Williams can't do? Play defense. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, the USC defense was abysmal in this game. So Caleb, Terrible. Caleb gave it his all. He was he was hurt. This was like his you know he's playing on one leg game. Uh, keeps himself in the Heisman race, but yeah, USC falls out of the playoff. Kind of unfortunate, but I, I want to know how many missed tackles there were on this defense because, like, you look in every big play that Utah has, it's like three guys missing a tackle. There's a linebacker than a safety, and it's like those both of the guys missed a tackle. So. Yeah, it was pretty abysmal. It was gross. Reason we're not talking about these Trojan defenders for the IDP <laughs> slots, I'll tell you that. Um, so, yeah, that was Friday night. Uh, Jordan Addison, kind of quiet. Dalton Kincaid also. I mean, all the guys in this one, it was it was kind of quiet across the board. 
um it kind of was just the cam rising show and then um yeah bad bad usc defense but cam, cam uh, rising almost got his head taken off in this game too by dude, the way he got absolutely annihilated popped right back up and also had a hell of a little soundbite in the postgame presser did you catch that one no, I saw uh, the Max Duggan one had me in my feels. I didn't want to watch anymore. <laughs> so uh, our guy, Caleb Williams, had fuck Utah painted on his nails in this one. And somebody asked Cam about that. He's like, right, what do you say to that? And he's like, I didn't see it. I don't give a shit. Uh, hope <laughs> hope Caleb enjoyed the game. <laughs> so That's good stuff. W for Cam there. Um Saturday, uh, let's start. Big 12. Again, USC falls to Utah. Well, how about Kansas State, a team that we've kind of kept on our radar all season long with some names on both sides of the ball, and they come up huge and spoil the TCU perfect season. They still got in the playoff, but big win for Kansas State. Yeah, seriously. I mean, this defense we've kind of talked about on and off all year where we're like, yeah, this is a, a real defense to be reckoned with. And they were in Max Duggan shit all game. I mean, he was playing hurt for about half this game. He took a shot to the ribs on, I think it was the deep ball to, to Quentin Johnston. And he just was in pain. He's wincing after every throw. He was breathing heavy. This, this defense is, is for real. Yeah, he, he got beat up in this one. It, you know, at time he's Heisman finalist, Max Duggan, by the way. That is an amazing story considering where this guy was going into the season. I mean, you can rewind the tape and find a Camp Dynasty soundbite that says Max Duggan is one of the worst quarterbacks in college football. Uh, run that back maybe on a TikTok video. But uh, <laughs> Max Duggan, Heisman finalist, but yeah, he was getting banged up and there were some moments in this one where he looked like the old Max Duggan simply because I think he was dealing with a little bit. Uh, one guy that was trying to help him out is our guy, Quentin Johnston. Uh, I mean, you want to speak to the game that Johnston had? I It was – he was just open a lot, but even when he wasn't open – he was open enough for Duggan to find a window. I mean, he only had four catches, but every single one seemed like it was like a tide turning catch uh, outside of the one that he fumbled. Where it was, I mean, it still was a tide turning catch, but it ended up going the other way, which kind of killed the momentum that TCU had going. But I mean, he four catches, hundred thirty nine yards, thirty five yards a catch. I mean. It seemed like every time Max Duggan made a prayer, Quinn Johnson was answering it. Man, I got to say, I think this was kind of the good and the bad for Quinn Johnson on display in one game. I agree. I think, you know, obviously this is a player that I hold in very high regards, and you see it on plays like the, I think it was his first catch of the game, the deep shot down the left sideline. I mean, that's a six-five wide receiver just playing, you know, speedster. He's just running one-on-one and wins over the top. Um, but that also kind of plays into a scenario that we saw later in the game where they tried to run him on a fade route, and he just played like a little wide receiver on that. Yeah. He did not play physical. He did not use his size effectively. He sort of just 
kind of like slid past the corner and just kind of settled in in the back corner, but that the pass was not getting there and it was picked off in the end zone because he didn't make a play on the ball. A guy six five, you want to see him go up and snatch that over the top of a smaller player. And that is something that has come up with him, you know, over all of the, you know, last two seasons where he plays a little bit smaller than his size suggests. So you get the good of a six, five guy who takes the top off, but he doesn't really play like he's six, five all the time. Yeah. We, we talked about him and we're, we're talking about how you're, we're Quentin Johnson apologists. We're the Quentin Johnson fan club. And we were so much so that when Johnson wasn't playing well, it was all on Max Duggan. It was like, oh, yeah, this guy sucks. You know, he can't get Johnson the ball. What's going on? But, I mean, in this game, like you said, in that situation, it, it's kind of a bad Max Duggan ball. I mean, you got to try to put that on the back pylon. But at the same time, you see the elite wide receivers pluck, they go over the top and pluck it. Like, you, you see the guys that are red zone threat wide receivers and tight ends get that ball. Like, that is not a 50-50 ball for them. And it seems like a lot of the time when you're throwing that 50-50 ball, which Duggan doesn't do a lot of in the red zone with Johnson, it's not a 50-50 ball. It, it's it's either incomplete or, I mean, it's it's rare that Johnson is actually the one winning a jump ball. Yeah, and they because that's, I mean, they don't really use him that way. And it's kind of like, why would you not want to throw jump balls to your big guy? But I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, it, it it's not the first time that this has come up either. And like you said, I mean, the, the pass obviously could have been better, but you'd just like to see a, a physically imposing potential top 10 NFL draft pick go up and just moss that guy. Just make that guy look like he doesn't belong on the same field. And he didn't do that at all. So... Just little things like that, man, that come up and you're kind of like trying to figure it out here. Like, what do we have with this guy? Conversations about, you know, the top end of this draft class versus top ends of other draft classes start to pop up. And, I mean, it's valid conversations here with guys uh, at the top of this one. Maybe not hitting that upper echelon um, like we've seen with some of these previous years. Well, Johnson could have had a few more catches in this game, too. Duggan missed him when he was open a few times. I mean, there was a third and six. Duggan threw a bomb to the right side, like just down the sideline. It was incomplete. And uh, Johnson was just wide open at the sticks. I, I mean, the, there, there's the the little things that he does well that might not get recognized in an offense where he's like, yeah, he could be your wide receiver one. But then it's also like you need your guys in fantasy to score touchdowns. And the best guys to have are inside the 20. I mean, they're going to get wide open with the route. You look at Devontae Adams, you know, or I'm going to go Moss a guy. You look at, like, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, you know, the, the guys that are reliable to get you, like, a touchdown a game or something like that. You know, it's nice to put that kind of stamp on your eight catches, 90 yards. Put that touchdown on it. That's a fantastic wide receiver one game. You're looking at four catches, 139 yards. I mean, if you're not playing in PPR, it's it's a good game. But at the same time, it's like that's also a game that Josh Palmer can have, you know? Tennessee legend Josh Palmer. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and I by no means am I sitting here saying, oh, Quinn Johnson didn't go up and catch a fade. He's a second-round draft pick, you know? Right, it's like, me it's, either. 
it's one of those things where a guy like Christian Watson, 6'4", deep speed, kind of used you know down the field and kind of as a gadget player, you didn't really see him use his size in college. He, he, he wasn't a physical at the catch point. He wasn't a contested catch guy at all. You've already seen him doing that in his rookie season in the NFL with the Packers. So it's one of those things where just because you don't see it doesn't mean it, it can't happen, that it can't be part of his game. Um, but it's definitely something that is missing right now uh, and something that you'd like to see him add. 100%. On the other side of the ball, Kansas State, I mean, how about our guy, Colin? Talk to us about our guy for the Wildcats. So I got I got a badge to give out. I got Felix Anaduke Uzoma. We've we've talked about him throughout the year. We've given him a few badges. I uh, think he was on my my preseason rankings where I was like, man, this guy is a freak. And uh, I, I've talked a lot about his bend and how he just kind of gets around that edge. I'm giving the bulked up badge to Felix because I don't know what it was in this game, but he looked big. And he looked dominant. I, and uh, on the in in this game in general, he had five tackles and a sack, and he just he just looked dominant at the line of scrimmage. He did not lose a rep, and he was getting double teamed constantly in this game. And I think one of the like six pass rush snaps that he played where he didn't get double teamed, he just bullied the TCU left tackle and got to Max Duggan. I, it wasn't the hit that uh, that like made Max Duggan it wasn't the, the like body shot that doubled him over, but it it definitely uh, you know may, makes a quarterback think twice when you got a guy like that lined up across from you. Well, he smoked Duggan on his yeah. on his sack. I mean, it, this guy is huge, man. He's huge. I mean, and we've talked about it before with the speed and the power game. I mean, kind of a. I, I hesitate to call him a raw prospect, but he, he's definitely th- – there's a little bit of projection here where he's yeah. just a big, big, really athletic guy that has shown that he can be very productive as well. So you talk about an NFL projection, an IDP projection, I, I feel very confident about Felix. And we keep talking about this edge group, like what's going on with these guys. There's so many names and here we are, ending the season, handing out another badge to Felix Anaduke Uzama. He is one of the cream of the crop of this year's edge group, for sure. Yeah, and he had a tackle for loss in this game. He was playing really well, really disciplined in the run game, kind of helping to bottle up Keandre Miller. And so it, it was nice to to see. I mean, he, he kind of captains this, the front end of this Kansas State defense, and he did yeah fantastic today today i gotta ask you about saturday yeah what day is it i don't know yeah uh i gotta ask you about deuce vaughn because we haven't talked about deuce vaughn that much and i think it's this lingering idea in the back of your head that this guy is tiny and he's so small (laughs) like (laughs) But how many times have we – I mean, it, it's not unprecedented. We've seen plenty of small running backs have success at the NFL level. Um, and Deuce Vaughn, man, is just consistent as all hell. He just looks so damn good out there. And I, I, I don't know what to think of him in terms of a ceiling. I'm trying to understand Deuce Vaughn's NFL ceiling. 
Oh, he's so good in the open field that it's yeah. like, can, like, I don't know. I don't know what his ceiling can be. Like, you got to get him in the perfect system with a coach that uh, trusts him. And, you know, I is he going to get drafted? He's not going to get drafted in, like, the top four rounds. Uh, he's 5'6", 175. Like, the NFL, the, the production matters, but uh, you got to be a certain type of athlete to compete in the NFL. And I think that's how a lot of GMs think about it. They're going to take – a physical freak with limited production over someone who's highly productive and, and pretty small. And so like, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of Deuce Vaughn. I like the, I, what he puts on tape is impressive, but are we going to see him in a role to succeed? Like he does here where he's getting 25 carries a game. I mean, what I just don't see that. What do they say about the tape? What? The, the tape GMs? don't lie. <laughs> that's what they say about the tape and you just said right. it yourself the tape looks good so that's why i'm sitting here like i don't know i mean it like, deep running back class it's going to work against him there's a lot of guys that you just talked about that would fit that mold a little bit better bigger athletic really good tape i mean there's going to be a lot of players ahead of him like that but I think it I think it has more to say about the depth of this class. I think this notion of like fourth round running backs throw them in the garbage can. I don't think that I think this year is going to be sort of one of those 20 what was it? 2017 years where it's it just so deep that you get into the fourth fifth round and you can't you can't you can't discount those players. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm gonna discount him. You know, I I just kind of feel uh, it's hard to to trust a player like this when I'm talking about like, will I draft this guy onto my dynasty team, and like how high am I willing to draft him? Like if he's available late in your dynasty draft, like yeah, absolutely take a shot on the talent. But if you're like need a running back. I don't know if this is a guy that you'd like feel comfortable counting on. Well, let's bookmark this conversation because we're going to be talking about running backs in a few weeks. So let's watch some Deuce Vaughn tape, come back, break it all down. Um, moving on to the next game of the weekend. It is the SEC championship game. And man, Georgia is really good at playing football. <laughs> Uh, somebody who was really smart said they should have maintained the number one ranking going into the season. And that is where they're finishing the season as of right now, going into the college football playoff. Hey, all I was saying is until you prove you're not number one, you shouldn't get your number one spot taken away. That's how it works in a lot of sports. Uh, I'm thinking of like boxing where you get your belt, and you don't lose your belt until you deserve to lose it, you know? So, I mean, Georgia is just a buzzsaw. It's, it's offensively, defensively. Uh, they might not look the most talented on offense, but every single play looks like it's a lot easier for them to get yards than it is for you to get yards. And maybe it's the kind of, uh, you know, oxymoron of them versus you like you you know you look at one side and it's like oh this looks really hard it's like oh they're playing georgia's defense against the defense it's like, yeah <laughs> and then you look at georgia and it's like oh this looks really easy it's like well it's georgia offense you know they're just so good man 
this Georgia defense, I mean, if you watch the game this week, there is one player that jumped out at you, and it is the player. And I'm giving him a badge this week. The Conqueror badge is going to Jalen Carter, who some folks might tell you is the best player in this draft class, period, from an NFL perspective. This may be a player who is better than Will Anderson, who is better than Bryce Young. I mean, and I'm... I'm not gonna say anything yet, but damn, dude, he's got some <laughs> he's got some crazy film out there. I mean, this game he was an absolute monster, menace, conqueror, whatever you want to call him. Uh, the pass rush skills we've talked about it before. That's why he is an IDP asset right or a prospect right now because even on the interior, he has an insane pass rush skill set, and it is going to get used at the NFL level. This will be a sack player at the NFL level. You see him doing it in get in this game, splitting double teams, like send two guys at me. I don't care. I will destroy you. And that's what he was doing in this game. Um, another play later in the game, fourth and inches in the red zone. He single-handedly blows up the run play and they get the stop. Uh, the right tackle got obliterated by Jalen Carter and he just like shoved him like two yards backwards and grabbed the running back, stopped the play. Uh, and how about a blocked field goal just to top things off? Because <laughs> why not just do everything when you're a god? Yeah, uh, this man, we were talking about Jordan Davis last year where he's like this huge presence in the middle of the Georgia defense. And Jalen Carter was better than him last year. And Jordan Davis is incredible in the NFL. He's a great run defender, but he's not good at pass rush. And he only plays like 20 snaps a game because he's huge. And he doesn't have great conditioning. Uh, Jalen Carter, uh, I mean, he's playing 45 snaps in this game. And he's dominating every single rep, it seems like. It's like 6'3", 300 pounds of just dominant person lining up across from you uh talking about felix earlier and we're like yeah you know he won the the rep that he didn't get double teamed on jalen carter wins all the reps like if you double team or not it's scary the the talent he has and you're starting to hear the buzz of like okay yeah let's start losing a few more games so we can get jalen carter in the building you know the 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 Seahawks fans are hoping the Broncos keep losing. The Bears fans are starting to hope they lose out because, you know, these teams have their quarterbacks. You're hoping that uh, your your teams can add to that D-line, and a lot of, lot of people are vying for Jalen Carter at this point in the season. Incredible. I mean, you said Jordan Davis, like, and that's the thing. Like, when you talk about IDPs, I mean, you think about some of the best D-tackles that went, like, top 10, kind of top-of-their-class type talents. You think of guys like, Derek Brown, Carolina. No, I mean they're big dudes. They're they're one one uh, technique guys. They're playing nose tackle. They're getting down and dirty. They're stopping the run. Not necessarily a guy that's going to light it up from an IDP perspective. I I don't even have to say. I'm not even going to say the other guy. I'm not going to say Aaron Donald. <laughs> not going to say, say that. I'm going to say how about Leonard Williams? Leonard yeah. Williams was a similar type of a player where you may have thought at that time that he was the best player in his own draft class as an interior uh, defensive lineman. And he has been IDP relevant. He hasn't been, you know, a top asset like a premier edge rusher is, but Leonard Williams is getting, you know, seven, eight sacks a season. 
he's a valuable player to have. And a guy like Jalen Carter, I feel like that's sort of a floor for him is like being a very solid IDP rotational player. That is a floor for a guy like Jalen Carter. And and the ceiling is, you know, maybe just, maybe just a couple notches below Aaron Donald. <laughs> I, there, the, the, the D tackle position, this like middle of your D line has become such a integral part of NFL teams defenses where if you have this D tackle that can solve problems for you in the run game and in the pass game, it makes defense a lot easier for the rest of your guys. And the high end of this, I mean, the the guy I think of when I when I see Jalen Carter is more like a Chris Jones kind of guy where he is just killing you up the middle and he's he's huge the run defense is incredible because you can't get by this guy he's always got an arm free in the run game and uh, I mean if if he can turn out to be anything like Chris Jones who is in the defensive player of the year conversation this year I mean you got a gem on your hands for one of those top teams on the other side of the ball while Jalen Carter was making life miserable for Jaden Daniels and then uh, the other guy, I don't remember his name. I just kept wow. calling him Burrow 2 on Saturday <laughs> night. I may have been influenced by some substances, but um, how about Kayshawn? Well, we were going to talk about Kayshawn, but now we got a different thing to talk about with Kayshawn because breaking news on the podcast, Kayshawn Booty is going back to school. Yeah, I, I had a badge ready for him. I mean, Garrett Newsmeyer was finding him there, late Neusmeier, in this game. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to give the the flight delay badge to Kayshawn Booty because, you know, he waited till late in this game to get a, a lot of his production outside of his one big play that we'll talk about. He waited till late in the season to uh, get this going. So the, the plane just landed late for him, and he's going to get off, and he's staying – in Baton Rouge with LSU, which is a, a good idea. I mean, we have been talking about him all year. I think we talked about him on like 17 of the 20 podcasts that we've done because he's been a polarizing player. It's been interesting to bring him up and say, what's going on here? This was supposed to be a top two, top three wide receiver talent in this draft class, and he's not. he hasn't looked like that. And Booty sees that himself, obviously, and he says, hey, I'm going to stay here and we're going to see where this goes next year because I I can do better. Uh, It doesn't seem like anybody in this LSU receiving room is going to overtake that wide receiver one position from him Uh, because, I mean, Malik Neighbors looked pretty good in this game, but I think Booty is still better than him, like straight up. And you saw it on that 53-yard touchdown catch. He catches it. I don't know, or it was, a, it was like a drag route across the field, catches it, makes about four guys miss, and goes to the house. And that that's the kind of thing we're just like, we need to see that. That's the type of stuff we've been waiting to see, and here it is, but I, I don't know. It, it was this season. Well, he's going back. We're going to find out. And the good news for Kayshawn is he he's a younger guy, too. Like, he is in a position here where he can go back to school and still be, uh, I think, 22 
um, when he comes out next year. So he would have been a young prospect for this class. And um, I mean, you can't fault him. Uh, He's probably being told things. I mean, if you're following along with the mock drafts and everything else, like you have not seen this player's name in round one much at all. And I think that is a reflection of sort of what we were building up toward, which is he's either going to bet on himself. You know, we talked about maybe earlier in the year, maybe there's even something going on there. He just wants to, you know, get to the NFL. Well, now you see, no, there is something going on and he needs to figure that out next season. And I think he can. I mean, we you see it in a game like this where he the talent that he has is very apparent. It's just that we, you know, inconsistent. And now is his opportunity to prove that he does belong in that wide receiver one conversation for 2024. Right? 20 Yeah, 2024. 2024. Damn, that's yeah. Okay. <laughs> years okay uh i i want you to guess what year he was born in uh just 2000, real quick 2002 2002 okay sean yeah may 7th 2002 yeah it's gross okay. isn't it it's it's hard to think about but okay okay sean going back he's going to be a very young prospect i mean like you said he'll be 22 starting his rookie year assuming he you know gets drafted next year yeah <laughs> which i think we, we can uh but pretty well pretty assume. safe <laughs> uh but yeah I, he played really well in this game uh hooked up with uh what's his name again sorry wow bad day to be burrow too uh, garrett garrett newsmeyer yeah <laughs> bad day to be garrett newsmeyer but hooked up with him later a, a few times and actually looked like a you know, reasonable wide receiver product he was putting out on the field, which was kind of nice because it seems like they just kind of ignore him in the offense uh, when Jaden Daniels was on the field. But I don't want to take shots at Jaden Daniels. He played good this year. He's he's a good he ball hurt. player. He got hurt in this. He's dealing with he an did. injury in this one. I mean, yeah. the pass rush was killing him. But all right, booty coming back. Uh, last game, last big game of the of the slate, the Big Ten game. I mean, there's not much to say. The outcome was exactly what we expected it to be. Michigan rolls Michigan into the college football playoff handily. Uh, but the reason I want to stop here and chat about this game is because I have a badge to hand out, and it is not to a player uh on the michigan side of things it is a boiler maker and it is a player that we have talked about before i am giving the hot skillet badge to charlie jones because the player known as charlie jones is also affectionately known as chuck sizzle so this is a top this is a 101 type of a nickname. We cannot discredit that in the scouting report for Chuck. Is it is it the nickname that you made up for him? No, right it's now? surprisingly it's not. Okay? This is a real thing. If you search Charlie Jones, you will see the words Chuck Sizzle attached to his name. So, I did not make it up. This is a real thing, but I will be getting it on a t-shirt and wearing it on draft night. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Chuck Sizzle, man. I mean, the guy, he's incredible. He's incredible. He, he's been one of the most underrated players in all of college football all season long. 
He has put up just the most disgusting stat lines all year long. In this game, uh, I think it was, I, I don't have it pulled up. It was like 14 catches for 170 or something and 18 targets. Like Aiden <laughs> O'Connell is just like, if we're passing, it's going to chuck. That's the rules. I don't make them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Char- Charlie Jones, Chuck Sizzle. So you say, I can't find this anywhere on Google. So I, I'm just going to assume you made it. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, 16 targets, 13 catches, 162 yards. Uh, <clears throat> what 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 is this player? This is a just a good ball player. <laughs> Straight up. Nothing else to it. He He's open all the time. He catches almost everything thrown to him. Everything accurate thrown to him, I'd say he catches. He had, I think, one bad play that I noticed where he had he did try to do a little too much on the release. And then the corner ended up being able to get good coverage on him and got an interception. But outside of that, I mean, this was all a, basically a flawless performance. He knows how to work zone. He gets open versus man. He can win against tight coverage. He has sure hands. I mean, what? He's a hard worker. You know, he has grit. He uh, is first one in, last one out. How else can I describe him? <laughs> hmm, any comps for him? Well, let's see. <laughs> Gus Johnson is already throwing out the Edelman Welker names on the broadcast. Yeah, of course. So, yep. Uh, I, I first of all, I just found per, the official Purdue football handle: Chuck Sizzle confirmed. They tweeted it. They called him Chuck Sizzle. It's a okay. real thing. All right. Second of all, trust me, bro. <laughs> Chuck Sizzle, I mean, when I brought him up way back when, and I was talking, this that was in the Penn State game. He was matching up with Joey Porter Jr., okay? You might have heard of him, first-round NFL cornerback prospect. Oh, you got to be kidding me. I'm, I'm ordering it. I, there, sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. There's a Chuck <laughs> Sizzle shirt on the screen right now, and I'm buying it. So that's yeah, confirmed. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I get my Bijan Mustardson shirt, man, I got I got a whole week draft weekend worth of shirts. I got them. <laughs> got a got a full draft wardrobe. Perfect. This is a so there, there's if you go raygunsite.com, you can support a Charlie Jones NIL deal, uh, officially licensed Chuck Sizzle T-shirt. So it's a real thing. I, I apologize. No, get to, in on it. What was that called know? again? What was the site? raygunsite.com raygunsite.com yep. go there yep. support and buy a chuck sizzle shirt there it is i love it love it anyway joey porter joey porter jr first round nfl draft prospect at cornerback and charlie was i mean i i kind of said at the time like this is a this is a player that is a little bit underdeveloped as a route runner he's He's an older guy. I, this is a six-year guy. I mean, he's bounced around. He's been at three different colleges. He was primarily viewed as a kick returner earlier in his career. And he was out to prove to people that he is not just a return specialist. He is a wide receiver as well. And this season he has shown that. And again, and in the first game that we shouted him out against Joey, I mean, yeah, there was some, you know, in man-to-man coverage, it's not always the prettiest thing. He's not always separating super well, but that's a, that's an elite NFL you know cornerback prospect, and he was winning those reps occasionally. And so you talk about a player that has kind of put it on tape that he does have 
uh, a skill set that can translate and maybe even has a little bit of room for development yet, even as an older player. Because like you said, he plays against zone really well. He has a really nice feel over the middle of the field. That's how they kind of use him a lot. It's a lot of, you know, drag routes, get into open space, find the soft spot, get the ball in his hands, let him go to work and use that, uh, you know, returner mentality in the open field. And so, yeah, I mean, I really like Charlie Jones a lot. I do. I mean, he's he's one of the most productive players in college football this year. He got snubbed. He did not win Big Ten receiver of the season despite leading the conference in every single major category. He was a triple crown winner, and Marvin Harrison Jr. got it. The narratives prevail. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean – uh, you can only do so much when you're uh, you know, a small white guy from Deerfield, <laughs> Illinois. In your keep fifth that year. chip, keep that chip on the shoulder, man. <laughs> the I, I forgot how there. impossible it was to find Charlie Jones' age. Like Purdue, like scrubbed it yeah. from all sites because it, it's not on his Wikipedia. I feel like we it's talked not, about this when we, we brought did. him up the first time. We did, all, all of the search results are purple, which means I clicked on them all before. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm i trying to find a, something, and I, I don't know. I mean, oh, yeah, because we ended up going back to he started college in 2017. Right, right. And so he has to we be a year younger than me, which means he's 23. I mean, uh, I would have guessed older, actually. Yeah. Uh, so that'll do. Maybe I mean, tw- I guess maybe I'm turning four by draft day. I, I, yeah, I was gonna say I'm turning 25. I started college in 2016. That's where the math is coming from. So I'm turning 25 in March. So he's probably 24. I feel like if we say 24 on draft day, that feels pretty safe. Which I mean, yeah, yeah it's it's older. I mean, he's an older guy. He'll he's gonna knock for that probably. But I don't know. I Chuck Sizzle. Find me. Find me Chuck, in a Chuck Sizzle. Sizzle shirt. I don't care. Uh, three-time, uh, first or first three-time All Big Ten, uh, team. He two-time first team, one-time second team. So, that that's that's also something. This guy is just hyper productive. Yeah. Also that, was a special teams player of the year. So yeah, that he, he was at Iowa and he was literally an all-conference return guy. Like he was an elite returner and he just he transferred to Purdue to be like I'm more than that. I'm gonna play receiver. And him and so, Aiden O'Connell, man, they have a connection. What's going to happen is he's going to get drafted by the Patriots. Yes. And he's going to have 1,000 yards, and he's going to be the best returner in the league. If he goes to the Patriots, instantly a first-round draft pick. Like, you have to just <laughs> bet on this guy being a Hall of Fame slot receiver. <laughs> I, I, do you think he can unseat Marcus Jones as their, their returner in New England? I mean, Marcus Jones has looked pretty good this year. Well, you know, it's never never bad to have a surplus in talent. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that is the conference slate of games, the, the conference championships. We're going to talk about the college football playoff in a little bit here, uh, but before we get to that point, we already talked about Kayshawn. That was a big story today. He's coming back. But we got two players of, of significance here that announced today that they are entering the 2023 NFL draft officially. One of them was pretty up in the air. We really didn't know what to think. And honestly, my I've gone back and forth a little bit on whether I think he should come out. 
And that's Anthony Richardson. And he is officially in the draft. The quarterback class this year just got a lot more interesting knowing for a fact now that Anthony Richardson is going to be a part of it. Yeah, like you said, this was up in the air for us. This was, do we want him to to come out? Do we think he needs another year? And it's a similar situation as Kayshawn, where you wanted to see a little more. There were flashes, and, I mean, Anthony Richardson had a lot of flashes where he made some ridiculous throws, and obviously we're talking about Richardson as a thrower because, I mean, that that's what we need to see this year because we, we knew he's a dynamic runner and we know he's a, a extremely good athlete and we just need to see if the the throwing was there if he could you know complete passes at an nfl level and the, consistently he didn't i mean he it, there's a lot of these games where he's he had four games with 10 or less completions uh had three games under 50% completion percentage, and you see it. It's not just like uh, this guy is doing poorly, so on and so forth. You you see the the misses. There's some throws in this Florida State game specifically. I mean, nine completions on 27 attempts, and he's missing screen passes. I mean, there there's some easy misses here. So th- that's why it's it's – we're kind of back and forth on Richardson, and I think the ceiling is incredibly high. But the floor is real low. It's going to be fascinating to watch this unfold however it does. I mean, the range of outcomes, just from a draft capital perspective, I mean, this could be a top 10 pick. Absolutely. It could be a third-round pick. Like, based on the film that he put out this season, the amount of projection that it takes to draft this guy in the first round of the draft is truly incredible. Like, you are really sticking your neck out to say, I believe in the tools and the flashes that we saw. This is this is not the, you know, the guy that comes out and it's like, yeah, he's, he's a first-round pick, but he's a little bit developmental, like Trey Lance. This is not Trey Lance. This is something way different than that as a from a passing perspective. But that being said, I mean, it's going to be really hard when you talk about all these teams that we that we've referenced already, like that don't have a quarterback, some of which are gonna be picking in that sort of eight to twenty range. Okay, speaking of, I got the the updated draft order right now. So I I know we're not an NFL draft podcast, but it's very important. We're close enough. Kind of. We're a prospect pod. It's 50-50. And the thing that matters about prospects, especially quarterbacks, is landing spot. So what we got here is Houston, number one, is obviously going to take quarterback, and it's most likely going to be Stroud or Bryce Young unless things drastically change between now and then. And then you got Chicago – they're going to not – they got fields. Seattle, I'm sure they're comfortable with Geno. Detroit, they'll take quarterback. They're going to take probably the second of Stroud or Bryce Young, I would assume. And then Carolina, they need a quarterback. Do they like Will Levis? If they don't, you might see Anthony Richardson go as high as, like, five. But, uh, like, that that's, that's where it's, like, 
are we going to see this player that has has been so up and down? Is somebody going to bet on the ceiling that high? See, I I I don't think he goes top five. And let's just bookmark this for in April when he does, and we got to go back and say, uh, you're wrong. I just don't see it because the first of all, the top end of the class is way too strong to take speculative dart throw thing picks at quarterback. And honestly, the NFL has sort of, I feel like a little bit overcorrected on taking guys like this really, really high. I mean, okay, look at last what if, year. What if a quarter? What if Anthony Richardson is pro day rolls right? And throws a bomb to the left side, number two uh, against nobody. Number two yeah, that's overall. what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I I know it's, but it's just it, it's so much, man. And I just don't I don't see him being top five. I won't rule out top ten. Yeah, I could I'll, see a okay. trade in scenario where somebody goes up to ten to grab him or something, but. This this is this is where it's interesting because we'll we'll keep rolling real quick. It's Philadelphia, Jacksonville, Arizona. None of them are taking a quarterback. Indianapolis, Atlanta. That's the other two right. that are gonna that like could go quarterback. Because then you got Green Bay, Vegas, Houston again, Pittsburgh, Detroit. So what's gonna happen is it's gonna be Carolina, Indianapolis, Atlanta. Those three teams are gonna be looking at quarterback. One's gonna take Will Levis, unfortunately. Will will the other one take? Richardson and that's they're going to end up top 10. I mean, Atlanta's 5 and 8, Indianapolis 4 and 8, Carolina's 4 and 8. So, Indianapolis 4 8 and 1. But they're all hovering in that range and then all the other teams are 5 6 win teams and are a lot more talented. So, you're going to see I think one of those three teams in the top 10 take a shot on Richardson. I feel like Jordan Love feels like a pretty good like expectation point because I mean, I, th- I think Jordan love w- was a better passer coming out of school. I mean, very raw, very raw, but I think he was better. And we saw conversations pop up where it was like, will Jordan love be a top 10 pick? He's got this really exciting skill set, really untapped dual threat ability. And he fell all the way into the 20s and it took a trade up to stop the fall so that's kind of what that's honestly kind of what my expectation is for richardson it's there's going to be a lot of talk it's it's a very exciting player everyone is going to want to talk about him know what's happening with him and then it's we're going to get to draft day and it's just it you're going to see it because it's it's so risky it is so risky to to spend extremely high draft capital on a guy like this this is not a project quarterback this is a he has a he has a foundation and you got to build everything on top of that there is no work done here okay so sitting in the 20s (laughs) the jets and the giants sitting right next to each other both need a quarterback uh both i could see taking uh, Mike White as the future of the Mike Jets. White, is that what's going on Garrett here? Wilson would go to war for Mike White. So you're going to yeah. take that guy out of the starting lineup? I, I think an electric offense could include Anthony Richardson, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and the crew. That would be fun. Uh, the Giants, I mean, the 
Brian Dayball is right there, man. <laughs> that that's a, that's a thing. I mean, a a more a better conversation to have is that no matter what happens, Anthony Richardson needs to sit his f- entire rookie season. Like, can we agree on that? I I think it would be beneficial for him to sit his entire rookie season, yeah. But I don't know if it I don't think teams are patient enough anymore to sit a guy for a full Trey season. Lance. Trey Lance sat his entire rookie season. He was the number three overall pick. Yeah. And he had passing traits on tape that Richardson doesn't have. So Kenny Kenny Pickett probably should have sat for his full rookie season. And I mean, they they were just like, well, if you don't have a quarterback good enough to let your rookies sit, that's where it becomes problematic. The thing because with, the thing with Pickett though is that like I, he just he wasn't a high ceiling player, so it's like just throw him in there, man. Like whatever, like what you what you see is what you get. Like this guy's gonna be fine. He's gonna be well. He, I I shouldn't say fine. He'll be f- decent enough where he'll probably lose you some he might win you a couple like but let me not say fine let me say decent well i don't (laughs) fine just felt too strong i don't know i don't pick it as whatever uh so tampa bay should take anthony richardson yes perfect and have him sit behind brady for a year that that would literally be the best case scenario i could think of that would be nice. The Tampa fan base, Florida, he stays in Florida. They rally behind him. He sits behind the GOAT for an entire season. And then he's got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and the crew, and Rashad White to go into the future with. Literally the best-case scenario for him, but it involves sitting for an entire season because you put him out there next year, and it's going to be bad. It's going to be What do you think about really Washington. Bad. I, I don't wish. Anyway, sorry. Okay, anybody. let's let's. I don't yeah, wish yeah. that team on any quarterback, honestly. But uh, point is, Anthony Richardson is coming out. It's going to be a real interesting draft story through this entire process. Yes, and when you get to a dynasty draft, when you start <laughs> talking about first quarterback off the board, I mean, man, if you're in superflex, you got to consider taking them like very early. Oh, <laughs> that's that's scary, man. I don't. Uh, we'll see what we'll see. We'll see what the capital is. I mean, if he's a first round pick, there's going to be no stopping it. There's going to be no stopping the train. You're going to have to just invest in him. I mean, where did, I don't know. Where did Jordan love go in super flex drafts? I don't know. Well, Jordan love doesn't have the brushing upside that Anthony Richardson. Well, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the upside, but he, he is, he has rushing upside. Like he is a dual threat player. Okay. But I don't think anybody's like projecting Jordan love to be like, Oh, he could get a hundred yards any given game on the ground. And Anthony Richardson can do that. I don't, I don't think Jordan loves that kind of a, a rusher. Maybe I got to go throw on some Utah state tape. I uh, could have sworn from what, I, guys uh, got from some... what I've seen out of him. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll see. And also Jordan, Lo- Jordan love in a dynasty draft got drafted to the Packers. So well, that's, <laughs> this... yeah, it's true. But you look at a guy like Trey Lance, who was speculated to maybe be behind Jimmy. Maybe not. We don't know if he's going to start or not. He was getting drafted high in super flex drafts. It's he declared today 
we're already having the conversations. <laughs> Imagine what's five months of this gonna look like. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna. I'm gonna start pulling my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Jalen Hurts. He was not. He was not. Everybody thought he sucked for three years. Second round pick behind Carson Wentz. He was, I think he was a third round sucked. pick. Third round was he a third round pick? Oh, Jesus, man, that but, was what a story. And everybody thought he should be replaced after this year, and now look at him. He improved every year. MVP. Maybe Anthony Richardson. I'm not going to say that. I, I'm i not going to say I that I think he can. you're saying that he sucks. I, no. <laughs> Quarterbacks episode's coming up real quick. We'll get it all yeah. out on the table. My QB one. <laughs> <laughs> Other big name that declared. Jackson Smith and Jigba. We literally just had the conversation. Would it behoove him to go back to school after missing an entire season due to injury? Good word. Thank you. And he quickly answered that and said, no, absolutely not, which is what you said, and you were right. But Jackson, I mean, he – Can you say that again? That feels good. You were right. (laughs) Jackson is entering the draft, and he is – apparently confident enough in what he expects in the springtime to make this decision. Are you confident? I mean, where are we at with Jackson? I know you don't have to give me a grade right now, but he's officially a prospect now. So have we, have we gotten anywhere over this injury plagued season? Uh, I mean, still my wide receiver one, if that's what you're asking me. It is what I'm asking you. Yeah. I mean, that there's, Nothing any of these wide receivers have shown me to unseat Jackson as my wide receiver one. So I there was a time where I'm like, oh, Jackson out again? You know, and that this was a, a few weeks ago where I'm like, okay, maybe Johnson or Addison can show me something to, you know, make me move them into my wide receiver one slot because it is a little bit weird that he hasn't played all year and nursing this hammy and hammies are like usually – four to eight weeks and now we're like working on a couple months i don't know but i i i think they're just airing on the side of safety here and you know please no i i'm gonna jump in and just say i i agree i think it's very weird that he missed an entire season with a hamstring injury but that being said i don't think he was in any hurry to get back exactly I, I think he was comfortable enough, kind of like with what we said, I think, when we talked about it. Like, the tape he put out there is already out there. It made him wide receiver one in this draft class going into the season. That tape still exists. And I don't think he was really in a hurry to, you know, rush back from an injury or m- maybe even, you know, once it got to the point where it's like, you know, a couple months go by. At that point, it's like it's no different than if he had just sat out the season. If he just said, "I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just entering the draft and preparing for the draft." I mean, I because otherwise, I don't. It is it is very weird that he'd missed the entire season with the hamstring injury. Yeah, I, so I, I just wanted to read an excerpt from his like declare letter that he put out because I think it's important. I don't know if everybody read this. I, I think a lot of people see, oh, he's going to miss the whole playoffs. He doesn't care, whatever, whatever. Uh, I did everything possible to put myself in a position to get back on the field multiple times this year. I wanted as much, if not more, than anyone else. And we saw that 
when he tried to come back and re-injured himself. He said, after consulting with my doctors, it has been determined that I will not be able to participate in the playoffs. Having prayed on it with my family, I decided to focus on getting 100% healthy and commit to my training for the next chapter of my football journey. I'm officially declaring for the 2023 NFL draft. So this is not a player that didn't try and just like gave up on the season and, you know, decided that it's time to, you know, oh, it's time to focus on the NFL. He, he worked to get back and he re-aggravated this injury and that that's why it's been so long that he hasn't played and it's really unfortunate that we didn't get to see him play but it's a damn good player and he's going to be a damn good player in the league people were resurfacing some 2021 jackson clips on twitter today to celebrate his entry into the draft and i mean if you if you have forgotten or you know gotten a little bit bored with the name here and not seeing him play i mean Go find the go find them. Go look for those clips. Go find the tapes. Watch. I mean, the guy. Yeah, he he he's he's already put out what he needed to. So and also, uh, if you're getting bored of the name, the other 101, uh, Bijan that the the season highlights have come out of him too. So go watch <laughs> oh, those. There it is. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> go go watch those too. I know to, what to I'm get doing back into this. get back into draft season. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, those were the two. Those are the two big ones. Uh, declares, and so they're coming in now, real quick. I mean, the playoff is is decided. The season is effectively over. Most players who will be entering the draft are not going to be playing in a bowl game, especially the, you know, Napa Auto Tire Bowl or whatever <laughs> is going on these days. So. Um, it, That'll be a, a weekly thing at this point, watching these, the, the declares come in, guys, and, and the guys that don't, the guys that don't, Booty right there. I mean, you, we, you've mentioned this before, like some of these guys that we've been talking about all year, they might not be in this class, and you already see it with one of the top names in the group with Kayshawn. So um, we following that very closely. But to wrap things up, on this on this college football season cuz like i said we're coming back next week and i'll just let the cat out of the bag it's mock 101 oh here we it, go we're ta- it's time man we're it's time to go i mean it's it's draft season we've spent months talking about these players watching them in college football you know breaking them down well now it's time every single one of the campers is now officially a camper they are they're doing the side gig the college football season it's done they are just in it now so next week mock number one it's coming at you we might even bring on a special guest for that so it's teased before we get there let's talk about the college football playoff because spent an entire season watching and talking about college football got me pretty excited to watch the playoff this year i usually watch it just because it's fun and sports and whatnot but man i'm jacked up this year so let's break it down real quick talk about the first round matchup or the the semifinal games and then we'll do a little prediction on who the winner is going to be we'll call it a day number one versus number four this is georgia and ohio state they made it back usc loses Ohio State's back in following the loss to Michigan. But they are not matching up with Michigan in the semifinal like a lot of people predicted. Cowards. Yeah, right? 
TCU actually earns that three spot despite the loss to Kansas State this weekend. And so it's Georgia and Ohio State. What do you think about this matchup? I think whoever made this matchup is a fucking coward, and they didn't want to see Ohio State-Michigan. It's going to be rigged. It'd just and be even better the, in the title game. Well, yeah, I was going to say, we're going to see the game in the title game, which is soft of the committee to do. But this should be a really good game. I mean, the best offense on paper versus the best defense in real life uh, with Ohio State's offense and Georgia's defense. We'll see if... I mean, Ohio State's offensive line can keep Jalen Carter, just keep C.J. Stroud clean. I mean, we saw what this offense looked like against Michigan's defense, which is very good. Uh, Georgia's defense feels like it's on another level. So I, I'm nervous for this offense, see if he can get going. But, I mean, if Marvin Harrison is winning reps often against Keely Ringo and the crew, it it's going to kind of make me feel a little silly about talking about Charlie Jones. Man, I I want to th- <laughs> I want to think <laughs> I want to think that this is going to be a really fun game cuz that's what it looks like on paper. You broke it down well. Stroud, Marvin Harrison, the whole gang on offense up against the defense, but I just don't think Georgia I just don't think Georgia has anything that's standing in its way between a, a back-to-back championship okay Ryan Day is going to have to be real aggressive in this game it's going to have to look a lot different than it did last uh two weeks ago against Michigan because that that game was soft (laughs) soft in like fourth down play calls uh red zone play calls It, it was a lot of opting to to put your special teams out there instead of letting the potential number one overall draft pick cook which is an indictment on Day, maybe an indictment on Stroud, but it's really a situation where we want to see the best against the best, and there's a chance where this could be that. But also on the other side of things, Ohio State's defense has looked kind of like uh, Swiss cheese these last couple weeks where big plays can be had on this team. See if Stetson Bennett and company can take care of them. Brock Bowers is a monster. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this this Georgia offense that can take advantage of a, a reeling Ohio State defense. Future number one salesperson of the Southeast District, Stetson Bennett. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> leading Georgia to another national title. Let's see it. He's going to be uh, the new Jake from State Farm in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, other semifinal game, obviously, then is number two Michigan against number three TCU. Man, I mean, honestly, props that they the committee gave TCU the the benefit here with even despite the loss to K State. I mean, get them in on the three seed. They played so well all season long. Max Duggan, like we said, Heisman finalist. Quentin Johnston, Kendra Miller. You know, it, this team is – this offense is is electric, and they'll have an opportunity to really prove it up against Michigan, who has been looking incredible in their own right, uh, capped off with that big win over Ohio State a couple weeks ago. Michigan's ground game is unstoppable. This – the, the, the Dude, Donovan Edwards, they, man, holy uh, man, yeah, 2024. It, it, went, it went from Blake Corum dominating – to Donovan Edwards just taking the role and yep. doing it better almost. 
I, this is it's going to be a tough task for TCU to bottle up this run game and make JJ McCarthy beat them. Uh, but I mean, if you look at what happened with the Ohio State game, JJ McCarthy can beat you if you if you let him. And so, yeah, this Michigan team is re- really really well balanced, and they can run like a well oiled machine. Uh, TCU, I mean, a few big plays opens this up though. Man, Donovan Edwards is the the one run in the Purdue game, the touchdown run where it's like he there's an unblocked guy off the edge, he makes a miss in like a six inch space on the field and then breaks like four tackles and I was like, I got a twenty twenty four first round pick for once. Maybe uh, a little more excited for that after seeing this performance, but this should be a really fun game. I'm really excited to watch TCU on this stage. Let's see what you, let's see what they're made out of. I want to see Quentin Johnson just light up the playoff and uh, walk into that number one wide receiver ranking that's waiting for him if he wants to grab it's just, it. Just there for him. It's sitting there. If he if he puts a exclamation point on this season with a couple big performances, you might might see a lot of buzz. I mean, it's like a, it, it kind of reminds me of. Uh, March Madness. If you if there's a player that yeah. just kind of absolutely takes over in March Madness, it's like this is when everybody's tuned in. This is this is when the buzz starts. And if this college football playoff is Quentin Johnson, 150 yards a game, you're gonna see his name get brought up a lot more. Honestly, it already kind of feels like he is it, wide receiver it does. one, and it could be sign, seal, deliver with a with a big playoff performance, but. Um, give me, give me your prediction here. Give me okay. winners and ultimately championship winner. Okay. Uh, I got Georgia over Ohio state. Sorry, Brett. I feel bad for saying that, but you know, Georgia's a buzzsaw. They're, they're, there's not a lot of holes in that team and I'll take, mm, I'll take Michigan by three in a thriller against against TCU because I, I think I, I want TCU to hang that's a good ball team but yeah uh Michigan Georgia in the championship great Jersey game but uh Georgia by a fair margin it won't be in doubt at the end I'll take Georgia and I'll take TCU I'm not afraid to pick the horn I like frogs it. um JJ, we got to see him perform on the biggest of the big stages. Max Duggan feels like he's he's ready. This is his moment, Heisman potential, Heisman season here. Like to see him show up in a big way. Um, and unfortunately for him and the rest of TCU, I'm going to take Georgia to win handily in the title game. So, I think I like if I could bet on it right now. I wonder what the odds are for Georgia to just win the title because I feel like. Well, it'd be pretty. Your money on, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, probably very. It wouldn't take wouldn't take a lot to lose your money there. Yeah. <laughs> well, there it is. That is the 2022 college football season on Camp Dynasty. I just want to mention the Capital One Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl. Is between Clemson and Tennessee, and I think that's poetic. <laughs> Who decides these things, really? I mean, <laughs> they're just picking by color these days, anyway. So yeah, 
No. Uh, bowls, I mean, they'll be fun. Players, may, if they're playing in the games, their last opportunity to make a lasting impression. But I don't care. I don't care about the, you know, the Radio Shack, Red Bowl, whatever is going on. Uh, I care about draft season, and that's what time it is right now. So we'll be watching along, be watching the playoff, obviously talking about that when the time comes. But uh, like I said, next week is Mach 1.0. It's the way too early version because this is a dynasty rookie mock. This is not an NFL mock. So you're talking about a situation where this is now going to be eight months in advance, but it's never too early to start. So never too early never too early so we are going to throw the names into a draftable order next week what is going on over there i'm looking at all the bowl names <laughs> i got the duke's mayo bowl we got the the guaranteed rate bowl got the first responder bowl the rely quest bowl oh my goodness gracious <laughs> this must see tv right there yeah the guaranteed rate bowl <laughs> between uh wisconsin and oklahoma state wisconsin doesn't even have players anymore it's over so <laughs> all right um well no there's no camp there's no uh firewood at camp dynasty this week so we got to bypass the uh got to bypass the bonfire tonight but that's okay because we're going to come back ready to rock for for mock 1.0 next week it's a warm night anyway yeah pretty warm unseasonably warm right yeah seriously get it together carbon (laughs) emissions (laughs) if you enjoyed camp dynasty please leave a starred review on whatever platform you choose to listen ideally a five star but it's okay if it's not uh follow us on twitter at camp underscore dynasty to keep up with all of the declare news and everything going on over the next several months leading up to the nfl draft uh and also at camp dot dynasty on tiktok for nice little savory sound bites that will help you stay in the know leading up to that point as well so fun stuff over there check it out and like i said we'll be back next week all systems go baby I don't know who's going to be on the clock, but somebody's going to be on the clock as soon as we hang up this call. So <laughs> I I can't wait. This is a, the mock draft season starting early for us. I, I love it. Oh, God, I'm so ready. All right. Thank you for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week, and have a great week.